Welcome into American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Joining us now, Vice President of Fertilizer at StoneX, Josh Linville, as we take a look at that fertilizer market heading into spring planting season and pre-application season. Josh, thanks for joining us today. Good to see you last week at Commodity Classic in Orlando, and uh, glad you uh, made it back home safely as well. Yeah, I was going to say, we all had a few problems getting back home, but uh, I was finally able to get to sleep at about 3 a.m. in my own bed. I'll take, like we were saying earlier, I'll take a half night sleep in my own bed versus a full night sleep in a hotel bed any day of the week. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Well, glad you made it back safely. Let's dive into this fertilizer market. And I think just to start here, I'm curious this week, you made a comment to me before we jumped on the air here, everything going on with the stock market, the bank failures, we're watching energy especially crude oil pullback here, pretty heavy uh, midweek. So as you take a look at this broader outside economic tone, energy market tone, how do you feel that's playing into fertilizer prices? Is that something that we'll know right away or may it take a, a little bit of time to figure out what impact it may have? It generally takes a little bit of time, but you know, when you look back at 2008 and you look back at 2012, the last two times we've had kind of these super cycles, if you will, on the way up. It, we always think that we're bulletproof. We always think that, hey, you know, these outside factors going on, the financial crisis isn't going to hurt us, and this isn't going to hurt, and that isn't going to hurt. Well, they did. And that's exactly what we need to watch this time, right? We've got the stock market down. As looking at the TV right now, we're down as much as 600. We're down 550. Oil prices are back below 70. And why would that matter for fertilizer? Well, the reason it does is all of a sudden, let's say we have a sell-off in the natural gas markets. What if that European Dutch TTF price starts to fall even further? What if those prices fall to the point where European plants can now make the decision, I'm back to profitable, I need to turn back on. Turn the plants back on. You have more supply back in the marketplace globally. More supply, demand stays steady, prices drop. Things that have nothing to do with fertilizer can absolutely impact the fertilizer market. Of course, we're getting into that critical window here, spring planting season, getting ready to get rolling. A lot of that pre-plant spring application is right around the quarter. I think uh, nitrogen, phosphate, potash, etc. Could you take a look at these markets? Let's start with the nitrogen side first. What are you seeing there right now, Josh? Uh, prices have finally steadied out. Uh, we had seen nitrogen falling all over the place, and that's it was a thing that we just didn't expect to see, right? We got so in the mix of high prices, we thought, oh, it's always going to stay high. They're down substantially from what we were just a year ago. And they really started to level out. We've seen a little bit of an uptick here and there, but nothing major, nothing like what we've seen in the past. And the big question now is, we're March 15th. What is put in place and what isn't? And that's the magic question. Because, yeah, we can see things halfway around the world going on. We can see things in the Gulf of Mexico, NOLA, like I talk about all the time. But what really matters is at home. I can tell you, take it from a Urias perspective, we're way behind the mark on imports versus last year. It's not to a point where I'm sitting there saying we won't be able to get enough and, oh, my gosh, the world is ending. It's not going to be there, but we've got work to do. And you've got a farmer system that's been much more reluctant to buy product and a retail sector that's been sitting there saying, listen, the farmer ain't going to buy it. I can't take the risk. I can't have the price fall on me $100 a ton stay in mark and stay in business. So the market doesn't feel as prepared as it normally would be. Again, I'm not going to sit there and cry wolf and say, better buy it today because it's going to be shortages. I've cried wolf too many times. I refuse to do it again. But what we could see is a situation where everybody opens up at the same time. Everybody's like, hey, I need tons. Well, everybody starts bidding on that same truck. And guess what that truck's going to do? Guess what that rail car is going to do or that barge is going to do? 
that. They're going to jack their rates up to take advantage of it. All of a sudden, you could see NOLA prices dropping, but your inland market could be higher than normal and paying a big premium to get those turns right there when you need it. I wonder as well on the phosphates and potash side, what are you seeing with, with those two inputs, and, and how could that compare to the nitrogen side, Josh? They feel better positioned in the marketplace only because those tons have been lingering around for a very long time. We've had a lot of seasons in a row where demand has been down fairly substantially. And that means tons get left over in the system. So while we haven't seen phenomenal demand per se, we feel like it's better suited, it's better supplied than what we see on the nitrogen side. I just don't think a lot of the marketplace was willing to take the risk of buying any more on the nitrogen. Phosphate potash didn't have the choice and the stuff is sitting there ready to go. What else are you seeing, Josh, that's key, that you're keeping your eyes on here? Obviously, the river system, we continue to watch that. Rail, I know we've had our issues at rail. I know Wednesday we got the uh, Service Transportation Board approving the Canadian Pacific-Kansas City Southern merger. So that's something I think at the forefront of us to see how that impacts customer demand and pricing for rail shipments, et cetera. But overall, on the transportation side, anything, anything you're keeping your eye on here as we get into spring and how it could affect prices on the fertilizer side? No, I think everything's sitting pretty well. Uh, like you said, rail, it doesn't seem like we have problems. We have problems, right? But it hasn't been anything that's affected fertilizer movement. So I'm in a much better state of mind when it comes to that side. Uh, the river systems. How long ago was it we were talking about some of the lowest levels we've ever seen on the Mississippi River? Memphis, Tennessee hit minor flood stage yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's that quickly it can change just a matter of months so i'm not nearly as nervous about the river system anymore it feels like it's back to being healthy trucks are always going to be an issue trucks is one of those things there's way too many for the marketplace it's oversupplied when there's nothing moving but the second we start moving there's not nearly enough trucks it's just the way of it um, you know do you build your church for all year round or do you build it for uh christmas and easter same thing on the trucking industry so there's going to be in-season issues from a logistical standpoint but I, I am much more confident on the logistical system today than where I was three, four, five months ago. Well, I know we talk uh, quite a bit about this, and you've talked about this here the last uh, few months that we have been chatting, Josh. As growers, if they have to make any spring purchases here of fertilizer and haven't done anything yet, I have to imagine it's going to come back to that bottom line and making sure you track your cost of inputs on your operation to make those decisions, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's the thing. I, I put out a tweet a day or two ago. and It wasn't trying to inflame anybody, upset anybody. But the days of just being a farmer it, it, it are over. And what I mean by that is just, hey, I'm going to raise a crop and whatever the price is, the price is when I go to sell it. And the market will just give me what it gives me. We've got to start thinking about this stuff like a CEO. And the reason I say that is look at the size of the average operation. When you look at the assets, the equipment that's owned, the cash flow that's used, the price of the land that's owned, all the things that go into it. And you look at the risk and you look at the work and you look at everything out there. That operation is bigger than most of the companies out there. A farmer isn't a farmer anymore. A farmer is a CEO, whether they look at it from that perspective or not. So we have to know what is the cost for produce. We have to look at it and say, how can I hedge and secure profit when we can? And that's why we spent so much of the wintertime talking about this whole ratio aspect. You know, if you buy the fertilizer, sell the grain, we're locking it in. And I'm not sitting there saying that forward selling grain doesn't have a couple risks. We need to be aware of it. I'm not going to sit there and act like it doesn't. But these are things we need to start incorporating into our lives. It's not, you know, trying to push an agenda. This is, you know, I grew up with this in Northwest Missouri. I've seen this all my life. It's it's something I truly believe in. I hope if it gets to a couple guys, has them change their mindset and helps them out, it's all been worth it. 
Josh Linville, VP of Fertilizer at StoneX. Have a great one, sir. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks so much. No problem. Talk to you then. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.